You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the third Sunday of Lent, March 15, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well were there, well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband's. What you've said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on these mountains, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Christ. Christ. 
3,000 years ago, but you know exactly how they feel. Those wandering people of Israel, set free from slavery, but now wandering. Aimlessly, it seems to some of them, wandering aimlessly in the desert. It's one thing not to know where you're going, but it's quite another to be dying of thirst on top of that. Parched in body, and worse, parched in spirit. Wandering in the desert, dying of thirst. The experience of our ancestors isn't too far off this present moment, is it? We're all feeling a little bit lost, feeling a bit like we're wandering in the desert, feeling a little parched, a little dry. And so, like the people of Israel 3,000 years ago, we may find ourselves asking, is the Lord among us or not? a perfectly understandable question to be asking in this moment. Very few, and I mean very few people alive today have ever seen anything like this. So if you're asking some version of, is the Lord among us or not? Well, you're in mighty good company. The people of Israel had, and, and still have, this deeply intimate relationship with God that allows them to question God and to protest to God that allows them to stand up before God and say, WTH, you know, what the hell, Lord? Wouldn't you like to do that right now? To stand up before God and say, WTH? To say, come on, Lord, enough's enough. Well, feel free to do just that if you like. God's sure big enough to take it. The stories of the people wandering in the desert for 40 years are really wonderful stories. They're stories of testing. They're stories of formation. They're stories of character building. The people are constantly questioning Moses, who's the Lord's representative and really the Lord's stand-in. 
And Moses can get pretty exasperated, and so can God. Later in the story, God refers to the Israelites as stiff-necked people. Well, that's for sure. But God loves them for it. God loves their stubbornness. God loves their refusal to shrink away. See, it's that quality that allows God to build their character in the wilderness, to make a wandering band into a great nation. It's what the Apostle Paul had in mind in his letter to the Romans we read a moment ago. The little community in Rome is being tested by persecution and oppression. And Paul is seeing this as the labor pains of a new world coming into being. The new human, the new Adam, this resurrected Christ is bringing a new consciousness into the universe. But it's painful, just like a woman in labor as this new thing is being born. And this suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, says Paul, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. The suffering of the people in the desert, the suffering of the people in Rome, the suffering of this dear Samaritan woman whom Jesus meets at the well, God is in the midst of it all. God is in the midst, giving them water to drink as Moses strikes the rock. God is in the midst, giving them living water, not just water drawn from the well of Jacob in our gospel story, but the living water of the living Christ. God is in the midst of all the suffering of all these people. And in the midst of all of this, God is building character, pouring out hope. The hope that's the living Christ water, let's call it. And God's pouring out hope for us in our time, our time of wandering and uncertainty and unknowing. You know, maybe before we really see that hope, though, it might actually be necessary to shake our fists at God, to turn to God and say, what the hell? And then to wait. To wait with patience, to wait with faith, to wait with hope, and to wait with love. A friend of mine in Austin sent me a poem yesterday that was written only last Wednesday, and it couldn't be more timely. The poet's name is Lynn Unger, and she's a minister in San Francisco. The title of the poem is Pandemic. What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up, just for now, on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. When your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. And surely that's become clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. 
Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love for better or worse, in sickness and in health, as long as we all shall live. In a time where we may feel a little paralyzed, a little lost, where we're, we're wandering parched and thirsty, surely the way forward is to promise the world your love. That's surely what's been promised to you in Christ Jesus, in that living Christ, in that living water that is the living Christ. And so share it in the still, in the quiet reaching out the tendrils of compassion. Drink the living water and share it. Amen. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.